Hi there, and welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. In this podcast, we share all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. I am Sato Mäkinen, the founder of the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, and I will be your host in diving into these topics. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you won't miss the coming episodes. Alright everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Today we have a very special guest on the show, Lorraine Dalmeyer. She's a biologist, chartered environmentalist, and the CEO of the award-winning online organic cosmetic formulation school, Formula Botanica. Formula Botanica has trained over 14,000 organic cosmetic formulators and indie beauty entrepreneurs around the world. As Lorraine is on a mission to teach the world to formulate, She's absolutely the perfect person to discuss today's subject with. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So nice to have you, Lorraine, here on the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's really lovely to talk to you. Amazing. Well, you're already quite famous in the natural and organic skincare and beauty scene, but if there's still somebody who, who don't know who you are, would you like to share a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, of course. So my name is Lorraine Dahlmeyer. I'm the CEO of Formula Botanica. We're the online organic cosmetic formulation school, and we are on a mission to teach the world to formulate their own botanical, organic skincare, hair care, and now also makeup. We have over 17,000 students in 182 countries around the world. So we've pretty much achieved global domination with formulation. <laughs> and I'm personally a biologist and a chartered environmentalist by training. And I love what I do. I have 40 staff in the team and we're all very passionate about formulation. So I think that's me in a nutshell. Perhaps we can talk a little bit more about the Formula Botanica then. Um, could you tell what is it all about and why was it created in the beginning way? Who is it for? What's happening at the moment? And so on. Yes. So Formula Botanica is a school and um, people come and enroll with us in order to gain qualifications and practical skills in formulation and also business skills. We also cover how to become an indie beauty entrepreneur and turn your formulations into a viable business. Uh, we've been running for 10 years. So the school was 10 years old last month, which is very exciting. And it's grown phenomenally in that time because there's been a real demand for people wanting to learn how to formulate from scratch. And we've pretty much taught everyone who has anything to do with formulation and natural beauty um, and if you've bought from a natural beauty brand before there is a very good chance that they're a formula botanica graduate mm. so as i said we have been going for 10 years we have eight courses although most people start with our foundation diploma in uh, organic skincare formulation we also have a continuing professional development membership site called the lab at formula botanica which is for formulators where they can sort of gain mastery in the latest trends and new ingredients coming onto the market and we have lots of ingredient supplies come and talk to us and yeah we just have a lot of fun with, with what we do because so many of our graduates see amazing success and we're super proud of them so yeah I think that's a probably a summary of Formula Botanica yeah and it's incredible to see these brands I mean I keep seeing them as well and organizing the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards we have also had your graduate within the awards yes. so I'm very familiar of the success <laughs> but uh, it's all about organic and natural formulations right yes 
That's correct. So we only work with organic and botanical ingredients. Occasionally there are non-botanical ones as well, but we work to EcoCert standards. So we make sure that we teach everyone how to work with organics. Not all of our students do. I mean, some of them go on and just stick with uh, purely natural rather than organic, or they go with vegan. Some of them do branch out into synthetics, but we teach purely how to work with organics. Mm, that's amazing. Would you like to share a little bit about the basic principles about organic skincare formulating or formulating in general, for example, about the topics that you cover first in the beginner courses or so? Yes. Of course. Well, I mean, we always say that if you can cook a little bit, then formulation should come quite naturally as well, because effectively it's it's about mm. blending together different ingredients to create something beautiful. Now, we always start with the basics. So we want people to start really, really simple. And I will say we have a lot of people come to us and immediately want to go for the super advanced, really complex, high performance ingredients. <laughs> so we always try and rein that enthusiasm back in a little bit and say, come on, guys, let's start. Let's walk before you can run or maybe even crawl before you can run. So we tend to stick with uh, really basic foundation skills to start with. And you start with the basics, which is uh, we tend to work with anhydrous formulations first. That's where we want you to start. So anhydrous means no water. So you're looking at things like facial oils and balms and butters, that sort of thing. Mm. At that point, you don't need many ingredients to make one of those formulations. I mean, you could make a facial oil with one ingredient. You can make a lip balm with three ingredients. You can make a body butter with three or four ingredients. Mm. And also because they don't contain water, they don't need to be preserved, which is a really good place to start when you're just starting out. So once you've mastered those skills, you move on to the next stage, which is really where you start to work with water-based ingredients just on their own. So you might be looking at hydrosols to make a toner. A hydrosol is a flower water. It's a, well, I mean, people call it a byproduct of essential mm -hmm. oil distillation, but it's a beautiful ingredient in its own right. It's not a byproduct. Yeah. Then you might start to add gums to those waters to create some kind of gel, perhaps a gel serum. Then you move on to actually blending oil and water together through using an emulsifier, much like if you were making mayonnaise in your kitchen, for instance, <laughs> where the, the egg is the emulsifier. And so you're, you're going through these various stages of formulation until you get to the point that you think, oh, actually, that wasn't that hard. And look, I've got an entire skincare care range or hair care range sat here in front of me <laughs> so we take people by the hand and we take them on that journey and by the time they've completed our courses they are very confident formulators they know exactly what they're doing and they have a lot of fun with it and that's mm. really what we want for everyone because formulation is fun it's easy it's empowering and absolutely everyone can do it mm. this is such a good point that everyone can really do it i love the how you put it that you know you compare it to cooking for example because it really is very simple, especially when you start with the oil-based products and the basics. I suppose it could be a beneficial tool for everyone to learn about formulating, to be honest, even if you're not working necessarily in the industry or want to work. I completely agree. In fact, that's our motto. I mean, we say everyone can formulate, but actually it's everyone should formulate. Because it's it's a skill that we as humans have had for millennia. Thousands of years we've been formulating. I mean, the, the oldest known formulation that we've discovered is 5,000 years old, was found on a 5,000-year-old Egyptian scroll, and it's for a face cream. And the face cream is called How to Transform an Old Man into a Youth, which is <laughs> hilarious. That's a funny one. I know, and literally nothing has changed in 5,000 years, right? We're still doing exactly the same thing. <laughs> And so when I found that, when I mean, obviously, I didn't discover the scroll, but when I read about that, I was sat there going, this is hilarious, because actually, 
we have been formulating for so long. And I think we as a species have lost sight of this. So again, I have DIY beauty um, recipe books dating back hundreds of years in like old French and, you know, some of the sort of traditional sort of more toiletries books from the 1700s in the UK. And when you look at them, Mm. you think, actually, what happened to us? Why did we stop formulating in the 1900s? What was the trigger point that caused us to think, oh, now I should only buy my beauty products. Exactly. So I spent some time looking at the history of the beauty industry. I found it fascinating. I have a whole bookshelf covered in history books on on the beauty industry. And I started to realize that at the beginning of the 1900s, some of the big beauty pioneers of, well, the names that you still know today started their businesses as indie formulators. So I'm talking about Estee Lauder, Elizabeth Arden, you know, the founders of L'Oreal, the founders of um, Avon, for instance, they were also indie formulators. Mm. And there was one lady in particular called Helena Rubenstein. Mm. And if you haven't read about her, if the listeners haven't read about her, go and read up on her because she's an incredible icon. Yeah. I mean, an incredible entrepreneur, but also an, a genius marketer because she decided that despite having no scientific qualifications, that she would make it seem like she was very much a chemist or a pharmacist. So she wore a white lab coat in all of her adverts And so when you saw a photo of her, she was stood there as a scientist, co-opting that symbol of authority that we also know from the world of medicine, Mm. the white lab coat, to make people feel like you had to be a scientist or a chemist to do this. And because of that, people started to internalize that. And even now, if you walk into department stores today, you look at beauty counters. I mean, Clinique is a great example of this. They wear white lab coats on their beauty counters because they're still co-opting that symbol of authority to make you feel like you can't do this yourself. It has to be super scientific. And that's why you have to buy from the big brands. Oh my God, this is such an incredible point as well. And I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're on a mission to turn that around and to really teach the world to formulate. Well, you have a lot of knowledge of the history of the cosmetics industry, obviously. So how do you see the cosmetics industry has changed, obviously way before, but also in the recent decades or years? It's really embraced that pseudoscience. It's interesting because the mainstream industry has accused the indie sector a lot of this. And they've said, you know, you've co-opted pseudoscience in order to promote your preservative free formulations, that sort of thing over the last decade. And yet the mainstream industry is an absolute king at co-opting pseudoscience. All you have to do is watch an advert and they will just blind you with techno babble. And they'll be talking about chemicals that you've never heard of and how they're going to erase your wrinkles. And they are absolute magicians at this. In fact, I watched an advert the other day and at the end of the advert, there was a, a model swiping her finger under her eye. The strap line was, that's a lot of science in a little swipe. <laughs> I just sat there and went, Are you kidding me? I mean, and so I think that because they've really co-opted pseudoscience to, to make us feel like we have to buy their products. And they've also really started to put this message out of you're not good enough. You're not young enough. You're not wrinkle free enough. You're not fragrant enough. You are not attractive enough. Because of that, they've made us think that A, we can't do it ourselves and B, we have to buy the products from them in order to make ourselves better. After all, it's not an indie beauty brand that's been sat there telling us that the only way we'll be worth it is if we buy their formulations. So all of this has led to this overconsumption of beauty products. And I talk a lot about this on my own podcast, on the Green Beauty Conversations podcast. And people now have, you know, 40 makeup products on average in their makeup bag, 16 skincare products on their bathroom shelf. And the whole thing is just sort of mushroomed around us. And it's created a, a huge sustainability issue as well. 
So yeah, the the mainstream beauty industry has a lot to answer for. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, the marketing part is a very interesting topic because it really starts from the fact that we are shown our insecurities and then the industry is trying to fix those insecurities, let's say. But then obviously organic beauty, natural beauty is really kind of going against it and trying to empower us as well. So yes. They've created issues that don't exist. I mean, look at cellulite. It's a perfectly normal part of every single body type. It's not an abnormality. It's not a disease. And yet we're told continuously that it is. And it's something that we should try and get rid of on our bodies rather than being told that this is actually perfectly normal. And there was even a a scientific study which was titled uh, Cellulite, an evidence-based review. And it concluded no clear evidence of good efficacy could be identified in any of the evaluated cellulite treatments. So what's happened is that the beauty industry has invented a problem that doesn't exist, and then they've invented treatments that don't work. And that is really awful. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole industry, actually, or how it's been over the years. So how do you see the future? How do you hope to see the future? Of course, you're changing the future yourself as well, but how do you hope to see the future? I think we need some profound change. Um, I mean, I, I talk about this a lot publicly as well. It's slightly controversial. Not everyone likes my message, but I think that uh, <laughs> there needs to be, we need to embrace sustainability at the core of what we do. And that doesn't just mean using recycled packaging. That doesn't just mean using some biotechnology in our ingredients. It means going to the very heart of what the beauty industry stands for. We need to ditch the toxic marketing messaging. First and foremost, we shouldn't be telling people that they're not good enough. It sits at the core of what the beauty industry is. It's a half a trillion dollar industry. Mm. And there's a reason, you know, it's churning out hundreds of billions of units of plastic packaging all the time. That cannot continue. Um, so I think there needs to be less, less consumption, less production, less of the toxic marketing messaging. We need to embrace circularity, which means that we keep resources in circulation, particularly packaging. It's very hard to keep our ingredients in circulation, but there are certain things we can do by using upcycled ingredients, for instance. Um, we need to be looking at our footprint overall. The beauty industry needs to be heading for net zero very, very quickly, but also we need to phase out packaging that goes to waste basically that doesn't mean that we get rid of plastics entirely I'm not saying that because that is something that some people are out there saying but plastics have a role to play as long as we keep it in use and I think ultimately you know we have to go more local we have to support local indie brands we have to also learn how to formulate for ourselves and so I can see a future I mean not a near future but a far future Mm -hmm. where You know, we have local refilling stations where we're buying multi-purpose, longer lasting formulations and where ultimately people can whip up a batch of their own favorite shampoo bar at home if they need to. It's a a very far um, step away from where we are at the moment, but I think it's something that we as an industry should aim for, although it means changing the entire business model that the beauty industry is is based on. And given how many people it employs and how how much money it makes, that will be a really tough change to make. But I think ultimately that decision will be made for us by the fact that the climate and ecological crises are going to really become very noticeable and we're going to feel them a lot more in the next few decades. And it's going to cause, I think, wide scale issues for us that none of us have really anticipated. So the industry needs to get ready. Sorry, that was very depressing. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I saw it very hopeful. I mean, you have a huge vision. I really love it. And obviously it's going to take few more years perhaps than just one or two yeah. i really love your vision 
I hope we really get there, but we will only get there by doing everything together and spreading the knowledge as well, because a lot of people just are not aware of a lot of issues that are happening at the moment. That is very true. Yeah, we can only keep having conversations like this and just helping people understand that we can all be part of the solution. Mm, exactly. What about then, if we get back to today, what's trending in organic beauty at the moment? What do you see around perhaps in Formula Botanica or what people are coming up with or in the industry? Yeah, so tying in with what I've just talked about, really, I'm seeing a lot of um, change in terms of the types of formulations that people are starting to make and experiment with as well, as well as the types of ingredients that they're working with. So maybe let's start with ingredients. I'm seeing a lot more people talk about upcycling now, which is a good thing, because as I said earlier, circularity is a point that we have to embed in the way that the beauty industry runs. So if you can take waste products from other industries and use them in cosmetics, I think that's a fantastic thing and there are some great brands out there and some great ingredient suppliers out there who are working on this um there needs to be a lot more done on this obviously but it's a start and we've really got the industry going now and it's something i'm certainly seeing everyone talk about when i go to trade shows now as well similarly i think biotechnology has a role to play i know this is quite a controversial one in fact just before i jumped on this podcast with you i was finishing off a podcast that i've just recorded on this it's, uh, it is controversial because it's lab grown, but I think if you can grow very beautiful plant extracts based on stem cells in a lab, that may well play a role in the future as well. Um, so that from an ingredient perspective is where I see the industry really focused at the moment, although not everyone has embraced that yet. From a formulation perspective, using those ingredients, I'm seeing a lot more people talk about solid beauty. So um, tablets, bars, things that you can easily take on holiday with you, for instance, uh, things that have a lot more usage in them. It was funny, actually, because we went to In Cosmetics Global last month in Paris, which is the world's biggest cosmetic ingredients trade show. Thousands and thousands of people go there every year, and it started again now post-COVID. I suppose we're not really post-COVID, but you know what I mean. And so uh, we were there and I was talking to an ingredient supplier, one of the big ones who supplies all the big brands. And this, this chemist there, she said, I've got to show you what we've been working on lately. It's so exciting. And she came running out with a shower jelly, one of those little sort of solid wobbly jellies. And she'd made it in the shape of a flower. And she presented it to me and my colleague as if this was the most innovative thing they'd ever done. And I looked at it and I went, yeah, that's beautiful. And then I opened up my phone and I went to the Formula Botanica blog and I pulled up a blog post that we'd written in 2016 when we had made that exact shower jelly in the exact same shape of a flower, except ours was far more colorful. And I held it up and I went, yeah, we did that six years ago. And she looked at me and she said, are you telling me this is so 2016? <laughs> And I went, well, no, but, you know, we've been trying to tell people for a long time that solid formulations are definitely something that we think formulators should learn to make and something that we think sh consumers should start to buy a lot more into. So that's where I see the industry going at the moment, because I think um, I think it's going to be the way forward because you need less packaging, you need less water. Overall, it can be a lot more concentrated. You can get more uses out of it. It's ideal. But how do you make that feel luxury and how do you make that high performance? And that's a different question entirely. Yeah, absolutely. I really love this point of the solid cosmetics in general, because obviously you don't have to ship the water around. And as they are more concentrated, you also save up in that sense. Yeah. Since this podcast, we cover the Nordics a lot. What is your experience or view on the Nordic regions, natural or organic skincare formulations or perhaps ingredients being used in them? 
Yes. So, I mean, we obviously cover the world with students. We have students in 182 countries, so there are many in the Nordic regions as well. And I have met many of them over the years, too. Um, The thing that I continue to see coming out of the Nordic Nordic region really focuses on on berries. And I'm sure that this won't come as a surprise to you (laughs) because I'm sure you see it a lot as well. You guys have so many incredible berries up there. And I, I lived in Russia for a while which obviously isn't the Nordic region but it was on the same sort of latitude and there were lots of berries there and I'd go to the market and I'd be surrounded by big big um, sort of mountains of berries and I love the fact that so many Nordic beauty brands have embraced that for their for their formulations because so many of those berries contain very very potent antioxidants Um, so I think that's really exciting and I don't see that going anywhere actually because they can obviously be grown sustainably there are lots of incredible um, ingredients out there and I think it really sort of embodies and typifies what, what the Nordic region stands for. So that's what I'm certainly seeing amongst our student community. Mm, that's a great point. And I think the berry is definitely going to stay there. Gladly, I'm seeing also very new type of ingredients as well. For instance, they have kind of pressed the forest into an ingredient. I don't know if you're familiar with this already. No, it sounds great. Basically, they've taken the microbiome of the forest and pushed it into an ingredient, which is already used in some some brands, and it really boosts your immune system and everything. Wow. There is science already behind this, so this is something, it's like a super innovation. So I'm sure these kind of things are also going to make it big in the future. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds incredibly exciting. I've not come across that, but I love the innovation that we see all around the world in the beauty industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you hear something like that, you think, my goodness, we still have so much to learn, don't we? <laughs> we have. I think we have to learn to get back to those early days in a certain sense as well. Mm. Like what you were saying, that we kind of lost the power of formulating and the nature really or the connection to nature. Yeah. I agree. There's so much more we can do. But I think uh, it's slowly starting to come as people are realizing that actually they can do this for themselves. Well, then what would be your tips when somebody wants to start to learn formulating? Where would they start from? Well, I mean, anyone can learn how to formulate. Absolutely. Everyone can do this. And if you want to obviously learn, we we always have a free course running somewhere on our website. So please do come and sign up at formulabotanica.com. I think if you want to learn how to formulate, just start very simple. Don't immediately dive in and think you're going to make yourself a sun cream or a, a vitamin C <laughs> serum or something like that. Those are slightly more advanced, but start with the basics and think to yourself, okay, I'm going to try and make myself a cleansing oil then I'll make a lip balm, something like that. Start very simple. Like I said earlier, you're on a journey and that means you start at the bottom and you work your way up and have fun with it along the way. And the other thing I would say is don't rely on DIY recipes online that teach you how to make things in drops. Mm. That is always doomed for failure. Uh, or teaspoons or cups, you know, go with someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Come to our blog. I mean, we have over 400 blog posts on the formulabotanica.com website where there are many very basic formulations to get you started as well. And then go and find out which ingredients excite you. And that's what I really want for every formulator is to think about the botanicals that excite them, because that's why so many of us started with formulation. I get really excited when I think about rose hips or calendula or chamomile or cornflowers, things like that. Those ingredients really epitomize what natural skincare means to me. And you've got to figure out what that means to you and then 
play around with those ingredients, get to know them and really infuse them into into those simple formulations that you start to make before you move on to the more advanced ones. Mm, you're really making me want to start formulating now myself. You should. Yeah, I actually formulate <laughs> very little myself. Um, obviously seeing all these incredible brands and products around already ready-made so I kind of I've been really excited to use them well we're here when you want to get started (laughs) (laughs) I know so you already mentioned the website but where else can people follow perhaps your journey and learn more about Formula Botanica and also sign up for the courses how would it work Yeah, so on our website, as I said, we always have a free course running. If you want to join us for our next term time, uh, we open in July and January each year. Um, We always have a big masterclass running as well, generally around April, May time and September, October time. I mean, we've just finished running one at the time of recording and we had over 60,000 people take part learning how to make their own botanical face cream, which was lots of fun. Um, But we are also incredibly busy all the time on social media. So come and follow us on Instagram at Formula Botanica. There's always some kind of educational or inspirational content going on there. We have well over 100,000 followers. So come and join us and follow me as well at Lorraine Dahlmeyer because I talk more about the sustainability side of things, the business side of things and my journey in growing Formula Botanica. So I'd love to see you there too. Oh, that's so amazing. Can't wait. I will, of course, put all the handles below on the show notes so anybody who's excited and interested can click directly from there but um thank you so much Lorraine for taking the time and coming to our podcast as well to share all the knowledge you know thank you so much for having me it's been really lovely chatting to you see you soon thank you for listening to this episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast make sure you have subscribed or you follow the podcast so you won't miss the coming episodes if you know someone that would love to know more about the subjects that we're discussing in this podcast please share this episode We will keep sharing all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-scenes stories. You can follow the Nordic Natural Beauty Journey also on our Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest pages, simply at Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, and on Twitter at NNB Awards. Until next week, bye-bye!